You are Locked on Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, and online at fanstreamsports.com and the Fanstream Sports app. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. Well, the Tampa Bay Rays win 8-2 to two over the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park, improving to 10-8 and eight on the year, while the Sox are now in AL East worst, 6-11. Again, AL East worst, 6-11. Don't look now, but the Rays are on a four-game winning streak. And Ulysses, I know we've talked about how you love nail-biting close games, but Every once in a while, you throw in a game where the Rays win by six runs. I'll take that as well, to be frank. 100%. 100%. And, you know, this actually was the combination of, uh, of those two types of games. Because let's be honest, by the sixth inning, it was still two to one. So I was loving this game. I was like, you know, with anxiety and all of that. But it was a very thrilling game. But then the seventh inning... The race just went off, and we saw that offense that we had talked about so much because there was no baseball for a long time. So we kept talking about how this offense is not just coming up with one main guy. It's just the whole line has to keep moving, has to contribute, and a lot of really important guys in that lineup uh, you know I mean, French getting it started with, with with that with that bomb in the first inning mm-hmm. and also. Is there anything better than a first inning run? I mean, doesn't it make you breathe a little bit easier as a fan in your couch? Right. It definitely helps. And it seems like this year anyway, the opposing teams have been first on the board and the Rays have consistently had to play catch up. And it's like, OK, we're running out of time here. And then sometimes the Rays would pull a, a rabbit out of the hat or whatever. But I think I think seventh innings are that's the new thing for the Rays, just scoring big in the seventh inning or having a big seventh inning because they did the same thing on Monday. Of course, they didn't they didn't score as many runs. They didn't score as six in the seventh inning, but they had two key runs by, I think, Kevin Kiermeyer. So yeah, turning point yeah. of the game right there, giving giving new meaning to seventh inning stretch. I don't know what it is, but it's it's working. And I mean, everybody, not everybody, but most of the of the guys were in on it, which was nice to mm-hmm. see. Again, that line kept moving. Zunino got in and with a walk. He did strike out two times, but he got in with a walk. Renfro got a big, big hit uh, against the Monster, which so that was nice. Margot kept it going. Um, Bilal, okay? How, how about Bilal? He comes off uh, from the bench and he hits a pinch hit RBI double to, to right field, which could have scored two, but, you know, ground rule double kind of stuck there but no it's it's the collective that we've yes. seen the, in, in in boston and they've shown that in two games so let's you're not going to see this every day let, let, right. let's be honest this this should not be what should be expected eight runs a game it's nice to see it's nice to see in fenway most of mm-hmm. all but the line moving that's what you want to see 
Yeah, and you've got to be able to beat up on subpar pitching staffs, and that's yeah. what the Rays are doing. Now, Martin Perez continues to have the Rays number for the most part for whatever reason. I think B.A. had mentioned it during the game that he started to utilize a cutter more often. Yeah. That must be one of the advanced models that uh, that the Red Sox and maybe another organization had told him to do. Hey, if you really want to be effective, you've got to go to this pitch and it's been working out well for him for, for sure. But once they got into the bullpen and it was a ragtag bunch, I mean, they, they've got some guys that throw hard, but they don't necessarily control it very well. And the Rays were able to take advantage of that. And you know, you you've seen the Red Sox for so many games throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of amazing how that bullpen known names. And, and again, if you're a race fan, all these guys, okay. Well, <laughs> awesome. Good for you. But as I, I've watched a lot of Rays Red Sox games, uh, and all of these guys seem pretty uh, strange. I, 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 they're all new. Yeah, it's just it like a bunch of like big country white dudes. Like uh, <laughs> against Renfro, that guy Robert Stock. I think yeah. is that not yeah. Kenny Powers? Like modern day <laughs> Kenny Powers. Like this frumpy was, looking yeah. dude. And then he starts throwing 98, 99. I'm like, what the hell? You don't expect yeah. it. it. It's sometimes it the guys you least expect. Um, although I guess, I mean, the Ray, or the Red Sox, what they have, uh, they traded for Andrew Kastner last year. So he would, yeah. he would fit into that, that mold, that bunch of like big country white dudes that the Red Sox go with. And that's the good. I like it. I like yeah. it. And, and the names go right with it. Bryce stock and Kobe. No, it was, mm-hmm. it, it was, it's been odd seeing what the, what, the Red Sox bullpen is composed of, and that's putting it, you know, PC. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think we all know what what adjectives you could use to describe yeah. the Red Sox bullpen, and it's not pretty. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Brandon Lau hitting that ground rule double and scoring a run. You also, maybe you did this on purpose, maybe not. You didn't mention the fact that Kevin Cash made a shrewd move there in pinch hitting Brandon Lau because the emotional decision, Mike Brousseau's already got a home run. He's already got, I think he had a double as well. Then he hit the ball hard another time. It's Frenchie's day. And then Kevin Cash making the unemotional decision or the front office nerds handing down the decision to Kevin Cash for him to make say, no, Brandon Lau is the better matchup here. Righty lefty. He's been hot. Let's go ahead and do it. And it worked out that time. It worked out. So that's nice. I, I'm, a, I'm a very emotional person. So I think I would have liked to have left, uh, you know, the, the, the hot bat. You know, I, I, I believe in that. If a guy thinks that he's hot and, and the numbers are showing it, that's good to have that confidence right. at the box. But let's be honest, too. In one at bat, who would you rather have, Brousseau or Lau? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, especially with that matchup, the righty-lefty matchup. So I, I didn't see yeah. anything bad with that move. Um, I did find something else uh, that might have not been the best move, but I'll leave that to open the next segment. Yeah, and I think we agree on that as well. Look, before we get to that, the thing is that you know the Rays are getting hits. They're walking, yeah. and now they're starting to capitalize on that. The team went four for seven 
with runners in scoring position. And against these umpires that are making loopy, weird oh. calls, like you got to be prepared to swing. You can't just, even if something, oh, that's, that's a bit outside. No, you got to protect and try to put the ball in play because these guys are going to be making some, some rough calls for sure, uh, at least what we've seen the, the first couple of weeks of the season. It, 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 Kevin, how is it possible? I mean, yes, the bats are cold around the league. The pitching around the league as well, some some injuries, all, all that. But the umpiring across the league, mm-hmm. it has been just abysmal. I mean, things that are <laughs> right inside the zone are being called ball. Balls that are outside the zone are called strikes. If you wanted to 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 get some evidence on, on why maybe robot umpires might be the future watch a 2020 game yeah watch a 2020 game and watch a joe west umpiring crew and and you'll get a little bit of sense of why maybe we need to automize that yeah i think joe west has been in it for too long he's got tenure he's you got to push him out it's got to be like he wants the record he wants the record yeah it's got to be like a government job 25 years you're done he's been (laughs) in it since 76 this is his 44th season Imagine By the way, how old the baseball he's seen? Oh yeah. my gosh. How old do you think uh Joe West is? Oh, he's gotta be what, like uh 72? 67. I say he looks like he's 87. What? He looks terrible. He looks 67? Terrible. 67. No. Yeah. No, fake news. I hey, that's according to Wikipedia, buddy. That doesn't uh-huh. mean it's true. He but fixed it. He yeah. fixed it. His grandson fixed it. His great grandson like, fixed it. Like, when he was born, he started umpiring games. I guess that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I get the ball strike things. I think what we've got to do, and not to go too off on a tangent on this, is just get rid of that rectangular box on TV crews. What umps need to do is, here, here's an umps typical strike zone. This is the balls and strikes yeah. they call. And then match that, okay, this is Joe West typical strike zone over the years. This is Hunter Wendell stats. And if they go outside of that zone, then you can maybe have a question about that because we also have to remember that like the, the rectangular box is absurd for the reason of batters have different heights. They have different stances. They stand in different places in the box. Catchers are framing. Uh, you've got different pitching tendencies and, and guys who have more of a pedigree. Okay. I'm going to give a strike to this. Maybe I give a borderline strike to, to Garrett Cole and not somebody else. Like there's so much that goes into it, which I do enjoy, but we can't live and die by the rectangular box is what I'm saying. A hundred percent. You can't have the same strike zone for Jose Altuve than you're going to have for Aaron Judge. It's just impossible yeah. to, to have the same strike zone. Number two, you can't tell me that you don't have the technology to do what you're saying, mm-hmm. to do what you're saying, which is implement an actual Joe West strike zone over yeah. the years. You have enough data, okay? It, stat geeks, yeah. analytics, let's uh, work on this. Okay, yeah. This is the next project. This is the next frontier. Star Trek shout out. Um you got to do this. I mean, yeah. so then you can actually properly enjoy, okay, this is what it's going to be called. And then you're going to be seeing, wow. Balls um, outside the zone horizontally, not mm-hmm. up uh, on the zone, not down on the zone. This guy likes, you know, it, it'll be more interesting to watch baseball if you know what zone you're going to be looking at. Yeah. Like with Joe West, again, his strike zone looks like the state of Texas. Put that yes. on the TV. Put that in as a little <laughs> backdrop. And if he veers from that some hair, some way or somehow, 
Okay, mention that. He made a bad call here. But yeah, that's... I think we just came up with something. I don't know if we're smart enough to figure out how to put that on the TV, but the idea... We're idea men right here. Yeah, this you is, make it happen. You hey, make it happen. Hey, we just try to, try to move it forward there. All right. Uh, despite the Rays win, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows with the Tampa Bay Rays last night. We'll explain... But first, got to tell you about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're giving all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Okay, Kevin, so not great news coming from the race injury-wise as both Brendan McKay and Andrew Kittrich are both down with shoulder and elbow concerns. Can we call conspiracy theory on the pitching injuries? Because, I mean, since summer camp, we've seen this go all over the league with so many pitchers going down with Mm -hmm. either shoulder, elbow, something like that. What's happening? Was it just too short of a ramp up? Uh, did pitchers not do their usual throwing while COVID was happening? W- what's going on? That's a good question because really, I don't think it's just pitching injuries. It's everybody's getting injured. It seems like everybody's getting hurt. For the Rays, knock on wood, position player wise, they haven't been impacted too much. But you look around the league, so many hand- hamstring issues, muscle pulls, things like that. Um, you know, with Kittredge, it's interesting. And if you if you didn't notice, if you missed, if you were watching the Tampa Bay Lightning game, which, God, lasted six hours, five overtimes, 
Uh, you probably didn't see this because Andrew Kittredge was opening the game and he only threw five pitches before he started to feel right. Elbow soreness is what he had. It, uh, it didn't look good. As soon as yeah. that ball was hit into the outfield, he grabbed his whole right arm and mm-hmm. put it in between his legs. You know, it, it, it didn't. It, that's <laughs> that's usually not yeah. uh, a good sign. He uh, post game. He said, uh, it, you know, he doesn't think it's going to be something uh, too terrible, but, um, you know, maybe an MRI happens. Who, who knows? But it's definitely not bad news because I know we, we've talked uh, negatively before, but uh, the results have been there for Kittredge. Right. Um, you know, it's it's okay for you to not want to put a certain guy in a certain position because you mm-hmm. don't think he might succeed there. Uh, for the most part, the results have been there for Kittredge, but uh, it's just a shame because you need arms right now. And Look, the bullpen is getting taxed. And, I mean, how many John Curtis do the Rays uh, and pitch perfectly? You know, it's going to be tough. Now, Drake is out from the bullpen. You don't, you've, you've, you haven't had McKay, and now Kittredge is, is out. Yeah, and Pochet's gone for the year, too. Like, right. it just adds up and up. Here's the thing about Kittredge, and it was an interesting decision at the time. And Kittredge, I think in his postgame interview, said it wasn't a concern or it wasn't the reason for his right elbow soreness. But he pitched, he closed Monday night's marathon game that ended around midnight. And then he's tasked the very next day, less than 24 hours later, I mean like 20, 19 hours later, to go in open. I don't know why you would do that. You've got it. Andrew Kittredge doesn't have to open. Moreover, he didn't have to close that game on Monday night. You could have gone to, I don't know why you didn't go to Nick Anderson or Diego Castillo or any of the other, like there, there were a list of guys I would have rather gone to than Andrew Kittredge in that situation. And you add to not just that he was uh, pitching twice within a span of like 20 hours or whatever. And he had pitched for the last five games but that game on Monday night, that was high leverage, stressful, taxing, and that can carry over and have an impact. And and not only that, but it's a double standard to the the theory that that Kevin Cash sometimes operates and says, "Well, I can't bring Nick Anderson or Castillo right now because yeah. you know I need them for the playoffs. I need them for later in the season. I can't just waste all of their bullets right now in, in early in the season." So you're like, "Okay, you got to keep the arms rested." But then you're going to close a high leverage game like the one on Monday night with Andrew Kittredge. And less than 24 hours later, you're going to ask that same pitcher to open when you have two pitchers mm-hmm. in Nick Anderson and Diego Castillo who could have opened on, on Tuesday's game. And Castillo yeah. has done it many times before, open a game, and, and sometimes for two innings. So it was a head scratcher for sure to not open to, – to, to have an – Kittredge open Tuesday's mm-hmm. game. I, I I don't I don't I didn't understand that move. Yeah, I, I'd I'd much rather see Nick Anderson in a one run game instead of a six run game. Like right. no, you're not using him correctly at that standpoint. In my exactly. personal opinion, the other thing too is because um, I was trying to get a replay of the the Kittredge injury, and I searched on Twitter. There is an independent player development coach who focuses on pitching mechanics. His name is Chris O'Leary. You can find him on Twitter. And he seems to have major concerns and reservations about Kittredge's mechanics. 
Uh, so I'm going to read it here. He says, Kittredge's pitching arm is at best flat when it starts to come under load. That's really bad. Basically, what he's referencing is the inverted W, which is like a pitching term where a pitcher's arm, as he picks up the baseball during the cocking phase of a pitch, when winding up, the, the pitcher picks up both of his elbows above his shoulder. So as, as he's pitching, it looks like he's making a W with his body. And that's what Kittredge does, is basically where he has the elbow over his shoulder as he, as he rears back. And that's like a, that's like a big no-no in pitching mechanics circles. Apparently, it was a thing with Jabba Chamberlain, Mark Pryor, Steven Oof. Strasburg. In fact, I did some more digging. The Atlantic, not the Athletic, The Atlantic, about 10 years ago, wrote an article titled, The Pitching Technique That's Threatening Baseball's Young Phenoms. And it refers to the inverted W. So that may be something. It might be, okay, Kittredge says he's okay for now. He comes back. But at some point, the chickens will eventually come home to roost with that, I think. That whether, I don't know if it's this year, but maybe next year, the year after, that that inverted W pitching mechanic form or whatever, with as violent as he throws, that could be a problem going forward. A hundred percent. And you hope that it's not, but... This must be regular, you know, run-of-the-mill knowledge for the front office. They know that Andrew Kitchens yeah. is doing this. So the fact that he hasn't been, you know, modified speaks to two things. Either they said, hey, I think you should change this, and he said, no, I can't, or they see no problem with it, and they mm-hmm. think that he, he can just keep doing what he's doing. But it didn't sound good with what uh, – was it Cl- uh, Chris O'Leary? Yeah, Chris O'Leary. I don't know what his handle is, but I'm sure if you just search Chris O'Leary Kittredge, he's got a bunch of videos and a bunch of angles and looks at it. And like he's, I, I guess this is kind of a phenomenon within MLB that I guess teams kind of, we just, until they need Tommy John surgery, let, let them go until they need TJS and then, then they'll come back. Which, you know, Kittredge did say post game that he's never really had any trouble with his arm, with his elbow, uh, bicep, shoulder, none of that. Uh, he's been very lucky. So you hope that that luck uh, can keep going. But it, those names, Mark Pryor, Jabba Chamberlain, uh, that, those are not the, the types of names that you want to be associated when you're talking about yeah. injuries. And I hate that we didn't even talk about McKay, really. But again, he hasn't been with the big league club. So, but it's, it's one of those look, things. Yeah, he's been shut down with yeah. shoulder inflammation. So, um, yeah. the, the, the title of some articles, McKay shut down with shoulder inflammation, makes it seem like he's shut down for the entire year. No, they're going to take a look at him within seven to 10 days. But he very well could be, there just may not be enough time left for him to ramp up and, and get things going. And he's had issues with this going back to, to last August, and then he gets COVID. Like, it's just been a rough 365 days or so for McKay, and he was expected to be relied upon this year, and that may not happen. And moreover, I think you may lose that prop bet of at-bats, getting uh, oh, at least 10 at-bats. So, uh, yeah. He's getting the only, the only way he's getting 10 at-bats right now if, he's go, if he daydreams. Yeah, if he's playing wiffle ball with his friend somewhere. That's it, I think. <laughs> yeah, there's, there, yeah, there, there's no way. And look, if if race fans are lucky, if the front office and and McKay is lucky, maybe he becomes a a weapon at the end of the season, mm-hmm. hopefully. But or the yeah, playoffs, you, 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 
or the playoffs, right? Um, looking at tonight, yeah. what do you think about uh, the pitching matchup between Zach Godley, who pitched pretty good against the Mets and the Blue Jays, but got rocked uh, against the other New York team whose name I'm not going to mention. Uh, <laughs> what about Blake Snell on the other side? So Blake Snell, he has actually said on um, – Again, I I don't believe it was a Zoom call or whatever uh, to Mark Topkins saying he will aim for five innings. So, yeah, quick prop bet. Do you think Blake Snell will complete five innings today? 75 pitch limit, I hear, is what he's going to be on. Uh, so complete five innings or get to the fifth? Okay, let's make it easier. Get to the fifth. Okay, I'll say he gets to the fifth. Oh, I feel like that's too. Mm, I feel like that's too easy. Does he complete five innings? Oh my gosh, I don't know where to go with this. I know. Uh, and I thought he looked well in his last start. He threw fifty-nine pitches and only got through three. But I right. thought he, he's starting to look more sharp and like he was able to use all four pitches of his pretty well. You know what? This yeah. is Fenway. I'll I'll say small ballpark. That is true. Um, that is true. Uh, okay, I, I I don't think he gets through five innings. I think it's four and two thirds, something like that. I think he gets I, close, but doesn't get there. Yeah, me either. I don't think he's gonna have five IP next to his stat line after today. Hopefully, uh, hey, go out there and prove us all wrong, Snellzilla. But yeah, five innings at seventy-five pitches. I mean, the way that he's been throwing has been. Oh, inefficient, yeah. really, with, with his he, pitch yeah. counts. Yeah, like he's so thrown he three. To sharpen yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, his stuff looks good. It's just about being yeah. able to throw in the strike zone better. Especially for sure. that that fastball command. You can't just leave that arm side up. Yes, you have to start driving that pitch down and and, and hit your target, especially low in the zone. I mean, it, it, you can't just fly off the handle. His body's just rushing too, uh, and, and the arm can't just keep mm-hmm. up with that. So hopefully the command is there with his fastball. If the command is there with his fastball, you could possibly see the five innings. So let's. I, uh, yeah. that's that's the thing. I hate to get greedy, but again, it's Blake Snell going up against somebody named Zach Godley, who right. was released by the Tigers in July. Like on paper, I know the Rays have won four in a row, and at some point they're going to lose again. But like this is a pitching matchup that is tailor made to get a victory. Come on, you got to be able to. To, to finish this one out. 7.30 p.m. start time again, so it's going to be a late night Gross. for us Rays fans. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, all right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now I'll tell you smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you on Thursday.